0: Sports Pen with you on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops here in delighted that you're along for Upper Michigan's Happy Hour and the best radio show on the first floor of One Marquette Place as we work from home here uh, during quarantine life. We're joined by Jake Durant of Local 3, the CBS affiliate, and he's the sports guy over there. He's kind of to lend us his time per usual on Thursdays. What's up, Jake?
1: Not much, man. I wish I was uh, in your in where you're uh, at right now i'm in my little small two-bedroom apartment right now so (laughs) you got a little bit nicer digs than i do but uh not too much man just enjoying this nice sunny weather i just went out on a run um i'm you know lucky enough to live by a lot of you know trails wooded areas um i've been kind of taking advantage of that and and just you know going on little jogs trying to get fresh air you know just kind of Keep the mind calm and things like that. So, um, you know, just, just going along for the ride. Very happy that things are st- starting to open up a little bit here in the UP are going to be tomorrow. So, man, um, I'm just like everyone else, just kind of staying patient and just hoping that this whole this whole pandemic, this whole weird time that we've been in, it's just kind of been a blur these last few months is is slowly coming to an end. So just, uh, you know, just hanging out, going up to Local 3 and, and keeping my – keeping my distance from people at this point.
0: Well, man, we all have a gorgeous day to to share with each other. It is just beautiful outside, mid-70s. I mean, this is prime uh, northern Michigan summer weather. I mean, this is just beautiful out right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is what you live for when you, you come up here. And, you know, I said, I always said, you know, I'm from the UP. I said if, if this was – if our summers were longer, this would be the best – the place to to live on on earth and um you know a lot of people might actually still believe that if if you do enjoy the winter weather i'm more of a warm weather person so i i really enjoy these these few months that we have of, of summer times um so i'm definitely uh like i said i was out for a couple hours today just soaking up the sun and and you know there's no better medicine for the the mind and the body then a little sunshine and some warm weather so it's it's got me feeling good and I know a lot of people are gonna be taking advantage of it this weekend
0: well I tell you what Jake this is kinda of the best of both worlds for me up here in Marquette because I uh, like anybody I love the gorgeous weather that we have right now I love the summers up here and uh, especially all the festivals and what have you that comes with it obviously a lot of those have been postponed or canceled due to the pandemic but I enjoy the winter aspect too because while we get brilliant summers we have a very Stark contrast in the winter time. Very harsh winters. I'm not honestly upset about that. I mean, I I, I kind of like you know weather like temperatures like this a little bit. Um, a- even in the winter time. Um, I'm I don't know. I'm a winter sports type of guy. Really love winter sports, and this is a great place for it. I don't know, man. There's something cozy about you know just seeing the snow falling outside. Now, I I, I hate the cold. I get it. Um, I can do it with a little bit of chill, but um i don't know the snow isn't isn't what necessarily bothers me but uh i don't know man this is kind of the best of both worlds where you get beautiful summers like this and you can get a really wintry winter i should
1: say yeah i mean there's definitely beauty in in the winter months and and i'm i'm you know i like to be outside i like to go hiking you know i'm down for like snowshoeing i've you know, been snowmobiling many a times and things like that. My A lot of my friends like to ice fish, and, and I've gone in, on excursions with them and things like that. But um, I just wish, like, it wasn't as long. I wish it was like, just a little bit more balanced. I know you can't have everything in life and things like that. But, um, you know, I could deal with the winter for a few months. But, man, I just kind of get sick of, of you know, the, the cold weather. You know, I'm not – like I said, I'm not a huge – you know, I don't hate the snow. It's just that cold weather, you know, it kind of just, it's, it's gloomy. It just kind of, I don't know, man. It just kind of brings me down a little bit, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't necessarily hate it. And then I'm like you, I, I kind of like being on my toes and then I do like uh, the change in temps and, and then the four seasons and things like that. But I'm just more, more of a, a warm weather guy. Maybe it's because I grew up here and I've, I've dealt with these winters for, for basically my whole life. And I just kind of yearn for that warmer weather. And, and, uh, you know, I've had friends move out west and things like that. And they're all, and they send me forecasts midwinter. They're sitting in 80, 90 degree weather. And, and maybe I'm a little jealous, but um, I, I love the UP, man. I, this is my home. It's always going to be my home. And, and, and I'm happy that I'm able to be up here and have a career right now here and, and uh, you know, stay up here for as long as I possibly can.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I tell you what, we've got a lot to get to over the course of next hour in terms of sports. Vegas, the odd makers, yeah, they're doing their job. This pandemic hasn't put their work on hold. They have come out with the odds for total win totals um, here for the coming football season, the NFL season. And they've put together, they've allowed us to put together a potential playoff bracket. So I want to break down that bracket. Plus, June 15th is going to be a key date. For high school sports we'll tell you why but where i want to start jake is what espn has been doing here over the last couple of days we've all been going through some type of basketball nostalgia going back and looking at the last dance documentary first of all did you finish the last dance and how'd you like it
1: i did i did i thought they did a wonderful job i think overall it was a very well done documentary obviously i think um overall it's been taking in very well from you know viewers i think viewers have all for the most part had a positive look at at the documentary and and felt like it was very well done. Um, you know, it was just, like I said before, I mean, it was just amazing that, that there was a camera throughout all of this, you know, we've heard about it, you know, there's, there's, there's stories, people tell stories and things like that, but this was the first time we actually got to see it with our own eyes from start to finish. I love the fact that they were able to, you know, jump back and forth from the early years to the later years. And it kind of just, came together as one right there at the end um you know michael jordan obviously um is, is just somebody who when he speaks, you're kind of just like a tran- in just in a, in a trance listening to him you know hanging on by every word um just a very interesting guy obviously very successful in his life and, and one of the greatest you know I, I think he's the greatest basketball player to ever play and and um you, you know, I know not everybody in that documentary was happy with it. Isaiah Thomas had had some issues with it early on. Horace Grant now came out and said that he thought it was, you know, not 100% accurate or portrayed truthfully. He said that obviously it was from michael jordan's perspective we gotta we gotta remember that and, and i'm sure if if horse grant did a last dance documentary from his point of view it would be way different or say scotty pippen who uh, who i've been hearing isn't completely happy with how he was portrayed um did, did his own documentary everything would be different we all have our different perspectives but this was from michael jordan and um you know he never really said that it was a documentary that documentary he just always said this was the last dance how i viewed the career, and, um, you know, I thought it ended about as well as it could with Michael Jordan smoking on, like, a 24-inch rolled-up cigar, <laughs> and you know, just, just perfect, and, And, you know, him sitting in his obviously his beautiful home and just kind of reminiscing on what it was an amazing or what is still an amazing life. I mean, the things he has done on the floor and and the things he was able to do while playing basketball that kind of projected him into like this ultimate realm after basketball where, you know, he's enjoying success that we do not see that many athletes post their athletic career see. I mean, it was just amazing to watch. And and I kind of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit later. And man, I I after I watched the first couple of episodes, I was just, you know I was just sucked into it like everyone else. So it was amazing, man. It was very amazing. The fact that Michael Jordan was able to kind of win those first three in the the early to mid '90s, take that year off, obviously dealing with the with his you know de- death of his dad or the murder of his father, which I hope no one ever has to feel. Um, and then be able to come back and, and work himself back into playing shape and then just I think the mental aspect of just how hard that must have been. Now, I know he had a great supporting cast, but the mental aspect of going back to the NBA, being that guy, uh, dealing with all of that pressure and being able to kind of will his way and will that team to another three-peat and, and obviously do things that we don't see happen very often, if not ever, was just absolutely amazing. And, and Michael Jordan's not a perfect person. I'm not saying – you know, there weren't times where I was kind of like, wait, whoa, like, is he like, he's kind of being, you know, an a-hole and things like that. And, and you kind of understood how he led. And, and people back in the day who played sports understand, like, there's a way of, there's different ways of leadership. There, and there and are some people who lead, you know, I had a coach who kind of coached in a way kind of how Michael was, he, you know, he was kind of up in your face and really, you know, try to get the best out of you. And he was just doing what was right. And and some people, that's how they, they try to motivate people. And some people, they... They are motivated by that and they can, you know, be better for that and and become a better player. And some people crumble and, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was just one of those, those players that just demanded so much and so much, you know, uh, kind of just brought everyone to a new level and and, um, he was really able to push that team and, And his leadership was just something that really stood out to me. So I loved it. I mean, I loved it, and and I thought it was really well done.
0: The Last Dance documentary, don't tell me you don't have time to watch it. It's available on demand with your ESPN app. It really is worth a watch. Fascinating documentary that documents maybe the greatest NBA team of all time. And you mentioned a few of Jordan's teammates, Jake, guys like Horace Grant, who went on ESPN Chicago this week and called Jordan a snitch uh, because he talked about the the times in the hotel, the parties with the women and the drugs. Craig Hodges said that he had a hard time explaining that to his 12-year-old son when they watched that as a family. Scotty Pippen, by some report I saw today, is living at the way he was portrayed. Do they have a point? Is that something that Jordan should have left out? Like, Is that kind of like a fraternity, a brotherhood, or is that something you don't blame MJ for bringing to life?
1: You know, for me, you know, let's let's start with the uh, the time when he was a rookie and he kind of walked in on his teammates and they were all involved in some things, some you know illegal activities and and things that you probably aren't proud of years down the line. And I do understand that. And yeah, Michael, you know, was on camera saying this stuff happened, and and um, I can kind of see where his teammates were coming from, who probably looked at um, Michael as kind of like a brother, and that and that's kind of something you know you kind of keep that keep keep that on the on the down low you know what i mean and and um for someone who's watching my documentary i thought it was I, you know i i was i was totally you know that's one of my favorite parts of listening to that and, and just kind of knowing like um you know you, you're in the nba you have a lot of money you're young um you're a professional athlete you got the spotlight under you and and um, most people unfortunately fall into to activities like that and um maybe that was something where it's like okay and i like i said I, you know he was kind of kind of did some things where you're kind of like whoa like Maybe you shouldn't have that line, and Michael kind of did here and there. But that's what made it so, so inth- you know, so enthralling and so you know, eye-popping that you didn't want to take your your uh, eyes off the screen. Um, I can kind of see where Scotty's coming from. There were moments where, um, you know, Scotty when he, I, I can almost, uh, you know, I'm thinking what he Scotty was talking about was when he he kind of was uh, he kind of said, "Hey, I'm not going to go into that one game." Yeah. Um, when he wasn't going to get the pass and and uh you know people that the team wasn't really happy about scotty doing that and and uh but he again he he came out and said you know i wasn't happy about that later on in that that episode and and you know i i feel bad about that obviously things like that so there was times but scotty did do that you know he's not he's not lying about that maybe you know michael focused on more of of the bad things that scotty did during the time but um, so I can kind of see where Scotty's coming from, but I mean, he can't deny that he didn't do some, some, you know, the things that were portrayed in that, that documentary. Maybe he wanted to Michael to give him a little bit more credit throughout the documentary and things like that or something like that. But, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. And Horace Grant, I didn't really get to, a chance to listen to hear, hear what he said, but, um, you know, I don't think Horace was, I I, I guess Horace was more focused on when, Michael actually called him the snitch and saying he was leaking the information. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, so I can kind of see where Horace is coming from too. But, um, you know, it, it, like I said, it was from Michael's perspective, and that's what he believes. And, and uh, you're not going to make everyone happy. So I, I do get where they're coming from, um, and, and I do think they have an argument there. So, but uh, that's kind of just how Michael felt. You know, felt that's how it went, and from his perspective. So, yeah, that's just that's just the way it is.
0: Last thing before we go to break, Jake, and I know that I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but most interesting person besides Michael in that documentary, if they were to make a spin-off documentary, like a 30 for 30 or something, based on somebody other than Michael Jordan in this documentary, I I think there's an argument to be made for Jerry Krause because I don't think Mm -hmm. a lot of us knew about. Uh, his role in those uh, Bulls teams of the 90s, I, you know, and he is a fascinating individual. He obviously uh, kind of had a little man's disorder. He he had an ego problem, and after basketball, after putting together the and then tearing apart the Bulls dynasty of the 90s, he left for baseball. He went to professional baseball as a scout. I think there's a case for Jerry Krause, but if you give me my choice, of the most interesting person besides MJ from the last dance, I'd like to see a spinoff documentary on my choice is Steve Kerr. I think we learned a lot that we didn't know about Steve Kerr, especially as a player.
1: Oh yeah. That's, you know, that I, I agree. I mean, I, that, uh, I don't remember what episode it, it was specifically, but when you learn about who his father was and, and he, uh, just like Michael had his father murdered. Um, his father was, you know, a very, a guy kind of in the spotlight in the political realm. And, and you know across in the middle east and unfortunately he was he was murdered um and uh yeah to to, uh that was kind of a you know an eye-opener when i was watching that um you know uh, steve kerr obviously in the documentary was very strong and and you know it was emotional obviously and things like that but um i had no idea like his father was was that type of person it would be interesting to to kind of get that relationship and things like that. I mean, you could go ahead and say Dennis Rodman. I mean, I know it's kind of a scapegoat, but the fact that, you know, just, uh, man, I just wish I was, I was so free-minded like him or was able to kind of do things like him. Uh, you know, if I was in the NBA finals, I'd be way too uptight to go do anything else. You know, I'm just the type of person that's always thinking about, you know, the task at hand and things like that. But for him to be able to fly to Auburn Hills, go do the wrestling thing, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you're dating Carmen Electra. You know, you're coming back, you're dealing with the fines and, and things like that. I mean, Dennis Rodman is just such an interesting character, and, and uh, you know, I think you could have fun with that one. I know I know it's kind of an like escape-go type of thing, but um, Dennis Rodman, is. you know, that's a lot of people don't want to say they, they would want to try to live that lifestyle, but a, a lot of us are sitting back like, man, you kind of had it made back then.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to say that you wouldn't want to sit through a documentary about a guy who, while his team is playing for a championship – blew off practice to go wrestle with hulk hogan at wrestlemania and his best friends with the leader of north korea It'd be hard for somebody to say you don't want to watch a documentary about that guy i did yeah. want to Touch on some stuff from a uh, kind of nostalgia basketball, mixed with a little modern era. But as we tend to do, Jake, we went down the rabbit hole in the last dance. It was such a good conversation, though. It's permissible. So what we're going to do when we come back? It's going to be something that ESPN has been talking about. They've been doing an all-time starting five. They've been releasing for every NBA team here over the last two days. Jake and I are going to break those down from the box and Pistons aspect. Next on
2: ESPN UP, household appliance is ready to take care of you and your appliance needs. Make May is Maytag month, and there are huge incentives right now on quality built-in-the-U.S.A. Maytag appliances. Stay home, stay safe has allowed many people to realize that their kitchen appliances need to be replaced or that their washers and dryers just aren't doing the trick. Well, Household Appliance and Market has the quality and the savings of Maytag during May is Maytag month. Maytag quality lasts, but these incentives won't last for very long. Household appliance where service after the sale is a tradition. Sale ends June 3rd. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop.
0: Well, with this nostalgia of. Uh, older basketball, uh, let's let's call it, I don't know, what do we want to call it Jay? Kind, of, kind of throwback, vintage, vintage is the right word maybe, and it's mixed with a little modern here in the sense that ESPN over the last two days has released an all-time starting five, an all-time lineup of every team, uh, for every team, they did the Eastern Conference teams yesterday, and they did the Western Conference today so Jake and I here are gonna break down the Pistons and the Bulls what we like and don't like about this old time starting five and I wanna preface this by saying that it's not about what the player did during their time in that uniform in that city it's about who is the greatest player to ever wear that uniform or who are the five greatest players to ever wear that uniform a guy could have been uh, could have been coming off you know a great stretch somewhere else. And in the twilight of his career, maybe his rookie year for one year, he plays for, I don't know, he plays for Charlotte. Uh, he could get included on Charlotte's roster, even though he became a Hall of Famer in like Boston or something. It, just an example. So we're going to go through the Bucks and the Pistons and tell you what we like and don't like. And Jake, some of these lists honestly are really interesting because you've got some all-time uh, starting fives like like the Lakers. It's Shaq, Kobe, Magic, Kareem, Know, guys like that. And then uh, the Celtics, you have, you know, of course, Bird and Russell. You've got Havlicek and Cuzzy. I thought it was interesting they put Paul Pierce instead of Kevin Garnett. Um, but then you have some other teams where, like, just for an example, the Atlanta Hawks. I've got theirs in front of me. They have Dominique Wilkins as part of their all-time starting five. And of course, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. But then mm-hmm. Al Horford is on there. And you know what? I love me some Big Al. I really do. But Al Horford is one of the top five players in your franchise? Just, I, I don't know. And then they have two other guys I don't know. I do know their pitchers are in black and white, so some teams are certainly more impressive than others. Like, uh, I, for fun, I think they did a Charlotte Bobcats, and I, I defy you <laughs> to uh, to give me any kind of information on any of those.
1: Is Raymond Felton on the
0: team? <laughs> I don't believe Raymond Felton. I,
1: lo- I love me some Raymond Felton. <laughs>
0: uh, the fact that he was on the Knicks All Decade team is good enough for me. Uh, but I tell you what, so let's break down the Pistons and the Bucks. And I know you're a Pistons fan, Jake, and we can spend a lot of time on that one. So let's start with the Bucks and uh, make sure we get everything in here. The all time starting five are the best five players to ever wear the Milwaukee uniform, according to ESPN. You've got Oscar Robertson. Yeah, that's pretty obvious pick. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and that's kind of what I was talking about in the sense that he's not necessarily in the Hall of Fame for his time in Milwaukee. It's more with what he did with the Lakers, but he's still one of the greatest players of all time, and uh, ESPN actually ranked him top three, any more wore the box uniform. So Big O and Kareem are, of course, on this list. They put Giannis in there, and yeah, Giannis is going to be one of the greatest of all time when it's all said and done. And I, I think he's just getting started. I think he's got uh, I, I, I don't think he's peaked in with his NBA career. So, yeah, I'm OK with Giannis being on there. Um, how about this, though, Jake? Ray Allen, a top five player in Bucks history. You like that?
1: I, I mean, I, it's, it's I get it. You know, Ray Allen, he is arguably the best shooter to ever play. I know we have Steph Curry now in there guys like clay thompson i know the nba is kind of um evolving and we're seeing a lot more people who are able to shoot you know in just ridiculous ways and just hit so many nice uh really good shots so i, I kind of see where ray, ray allen is you know he, he was in milwaukee um spent a lot of time in milwaukee he went down and he really was an x factor in miami winning championships and then he went on and. Uh, he was also able to get one in Boston as well. So I can kind of see where it is. I mean, you mark up the championships. Uh, you know, he's one of the best shooters of all time. You know, that stroke, you know, his shooting strokes is absolutely beautiful. And, and, um, I, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I like, I like Ray.
0: Do you like the other three on the list? I mean, is there an argument to say Giannis, Kareem, and Big O shouldn't be on there?
1: You know, Giannis, obviously, we're, we're watching it right now. Um, you know, his physical tools, he's, you know, he came to the league so young and he's just getting better. Um, you know, we don't see a lot of guys like him, you know, athletically, physically. You know, we talk about LeBron, but rarely do we see a guy who's who's able to have, you know, and do the things he's able to do. And he's only going to get better. I mean, he's projected if he stays on a, you know, if he continues to improve to to improve and stay on the projection he's at he's going to end up being one of the best players to ever play the game um and i know he obviously championships are going to count and things like that but the bucks were on their way to i believe was their year <laughs> hopefully we can kind of see a play out to win a championship so um i don't have a problem with the honest um and i know like the younger basketball fans will will be all about that pick as well but um you know, Oscar Robertson, he spent a lot you – know, the first, like, what, four or five years Oscar Robinson was in the league, he averaged a triple-double. I mean, that's absolutely insane. I think he was with the um, Cincinnati Royals at the time, and then he got traded over to Milwaukee, I think, in, like, what, 1970 with Kareem, and they were able to to win a championship and bring a championship to Milwaukee, which is which is pretty insane. So um, we're talking about a guy who, you know, averaged – you know, he averaged uh, – Overall, he averaged 25.7 points per game, seven and a half rebounds. um He left the league with 9,887 assists, um, and at the time, that was an NBA record. So, um Oscar Robertson, everyone knows that name. I don't, you know, no matter what your age, if you like basketball, you've heard of Oscar Robertson. And then it's kind of, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think he'll, I think, I mean, I don't really have to say too much about that. He's he's one of the best to ever play the game. Everyone knows about that. He dominated and in college but you know he was able to do great things with milwaukee and also with l.a and etc so um you know he's he's definitely one of those guys that he's just a legend so i don't have a problem with that either
0: the last member of espn's five greatest players to ever wear the milwaukee bucks uniform Sidney Moncrief, said the squid and you know he was one of the greater defenders in milwaukee history inducted to the hall of fame last year he played 10 of his 11 seasons in the nba with milwaukee so I You know, I kind of like that, Jake, where you kind of give a nod to a defensive-minded player. I mean, he could score. He could score the ball. But I kind of like where they recognize defense. I, you know, whatever the case is, I always yeah. like it when defenders are recognized. And I'm happy to see the ESPN did that here.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, he's a great addition to the, the overall uh, starting five. I mean, if you put that starting five up against a lot of the starting fives in, in the NBA, you've got you got two le- – Oscar Robertson, obviously, legend. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar legend, a guy in Giannis who only comes around once every, you know, decade or so, if that. Um, You got Ray Allen, one of the best shooters. So you got a shooter on your starting five, and then you got a defender on your starting five as well. So I think overall, that whole starting five encapsulates a really strong – you know, it's a strong team, so I like what they did there. They have a, lot, a little bit of everything, which is nice.
0: I think ESPN got it right in the sense that those are the five greatest players to ever wear the Milwaukee Buck uniform. Honorable mention, maybe Tony Kukoc. He put together a pretty good career. And, you know, beyond that top five, I, I don't know who are some other t- legends that immediately come to mind for the Bucks. Tony Kukoc, maybe, back when he was playing with, what's his name, Michael Red or Michael Reed? I, I can never remember.
1: Michael uh, Michael Rad. he was one of my favorite Bucks of all time. Um, ben Baker potentially. Okay, you know, yeah. He, uh, and then Marcus Marquise Johnson, mm. averaged 21 points with uh, Milwaukee, seven and a half rebounds, three point seven assists. He played around 500, a little over 500 games with Milwaukee, but um, he he was definitely he was an older older player. You know, you look at his photos, he's definitely from a different decade than what you know. I was I was definitely not alive for that, but um, that's another name a lot of people don't know about. So uh, other than that, yeah, I think they were pretty much spot on, but. Um, Yeah, I mean, you you know, your 6th, 7th, and 8th man are pretty strong as well.
0: According to ESPN, the five greatest players to ever wear the Milwaukee Bucks uniform, Oscar Robertson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Sid the Squid, Sidney Moncrief, and Ray Allen. ESPN-UP endorses that. Let's move over to the Pistons, the five greatest Pistons to ever play the game. According to ESPN, Jake, you're a resident Pistons fan. And i got to tell you, Jake, everybody on this list, got it done with the Pistons I mean they they you know didn't kind of go the Kareem route in the sense that I'm not knocking Kareem but it, we know him for his time in an LA uniform more than his time in a Bucks uniform but all these guys are pretty yarn homebred uh, with the Pistons they have Isaiah Thomas Joe Dumars Grant Hill Ben Wallace and Bob Lanier uh, you like that list
1: yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do like that list. I mean, I, Isaiah Thomas, he's one of the best point guards, you know, to ever play in the whole NBA history, and I think he's by far ever played in Detroit. Brought him two championships, was the NBA Finals in 1990. You know, i from a generation where I'm a huge, you know, the, the mid-2000 team, Chauncey. Um, you know, Chauncey was a really good piston, a really good point guard, but uh, Thomas was a two championships, and and, um I just I I he's just far superior to Chauncey Billups still love Chauncey Billups but I just think Isaiah Thomas is is the clear-cut uh point guard for the for the all Pistons team and his running Joe Dumars I mean he was obviously really good spent 14 seasons in Detroit averaged 16 points a game four and a half steals uh six-time all-star and he made three All NBA teams. I mean, those those are just facts. Those are just facts. And he was a really good, you know, perimeter defender. When you talk about that Bad Boys era, he was really, you know, defined that Bad Boys era. Ben Wallace, gotta love Ben Wallace. Yeah he he is detroit you know what i mean he is everything that detroit represents um you know hard worker kind of came from a small school did the little things similar to like a dennis rodman he was like the new age dennis rodman you know a little bit more quiet obviously and reserved but he didn't he didn't really have a lot to say he just came in did work, you know. He uh, as a kid, his his whole image with the fro and everything was just, you know, it was almost like he was like a superhero almost esque, or like you know he was was out of a comic book. Everyone wearing the afro and things like that. So he he definitely had his own image, and he was just a beast, man. He was just a beast. Was very intric- integral to that team. So I, I like what they I like what they did there. Uh, Bill Lanier, don't really know too much about him uh, as much. Um, He's old, school. but. He's a little old school. I did a little research on him. Number one overall pick in 1970. Um, you know, played nine seasons in Detroit. Was actually traded to Milwaukee after that. Um, but, you know, after you know his rookie season, averaged around 21 points, nine rebounds. Um, made seven all-star teams from 1972 to 1979. And uh, averaged around three assists per game. So he was able to share the ball and things like that. Um, he was a pretty decent defender as well. So, uh, you know, he's a pretty, pretty good all-around player as well.
0: I think there are a few guys that could have made a case to be on this team, Jake, as one of the five greatest players to ever wear the Piston uniform. And while Milwaukee, they might be top-heavy with their all-time starting five, I think the Pistons are deeper because, like you said, Chauncey Bellups, you could make a case for Chauncey. Bill Lambier, I think, would be in the conversation. Really, anyone from those uh, th- that 2004 championship team, I think there's a case for. Rasheed Wallace, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, maybe even Tayshaun Prince. So uh, I think you can go pretty darn deep with this Piston team. And let me give you somebody else, Jake, because I don't think that he's going to go down as, a, as a, you know, one of the more memorable players for his time in Detroit. But he did wear the Piston uniform. You think Derrick Rose could be in that conversation?
1: Ooh. Um, I think you have to consider him just because of, you know, obviously when he came into the NBA with Chicago – um, he was just on another level, you know, athletically. Um, I don't, I mean, the only guy I can really think of that kind of uh, met his athletic standards right now is Russell Westbrook, and those two guys are just, you know, above the rim type players. But, I mean, he was just the the way he was able to jump and, and his quickness and his shiftiness and his skill. I mean, coming out of Memphis, you know, being a really high draft pick, I mean, he was able to, he won an NBA MVP with so young and, he really, you know, gave that Bulls team something to be excited about since maybe we've sucked, since you know Michael Jordan in that group. So um, unfortunately, knee injuries did did hinder his career a little bit and, and kind of brought him back down to earth. But you got to also respect his resiliency and things like that. Right now, he's I think he's a above average player. He still has a lot of that skill. He's not as explosive, but you gotta you gotta respect his. Um, adverse over being able to overcome adversity and and go through those knee surgeries and still want to come back and be a great player um you know he's a nice vet he's a nice addition to any team he's come into detroit and done a very good job and he brought some excitement and i know he's well respected throughout the league and even you know outside of the league i know fans love the guy um you don't have to be a chicago bulls fan or a detroit pistons fan to love the guy so or a minnesota fan or whatever so yeah i I really like derrick rose i think derrick rose is he's one of my favorite players
0: one of those guys who you wonder what if what his career could have been if he stayed healthy he could have had the you know he does have the talent of one of the old-time greats just unfortunately could not stay healthy but that is the pistons five greatest players to ever wear the uniform according to espn isaiah thomas joe dumars grant hill ben wallace and bob lanier uh yeah, like you know, do you endorse that one, Jake? I think the Bucks was a lot easier. There weren't as many arguments, but uh I, I think I'm pretty okay with this list. I think there are a lot of guys you could put in the conversation, but narrow it down to five is tough.
1: Yeah, I mean I just looking at it and just, just talking through it. I, I I mean I agree with it. Like you said, there's there's definitely some guys you can argue that, that could be put in, in certain spots, but and what they accomplished and, and what they were able to do over a full career i mean i you got to look for that list
0: i tell you what tanner hoops jake to rant with you let's take our next time now just across the bottom of the hour when we come back june 15th is going to be a monumental day for high school sports we'll tell you why next on espn
2: here's tom from donkers in the
1: Delph. all right the donkers and the Delph currently have curbside pickup online ordering and delivery it's a great opportunity for everybody to taste our wonderful food we also have programs you can when you order online you can join the rock club or the bulb club and you get discounts 11 percent. we'll send you a message when your order is ready on the curb and uh, we'll also make sure we send you a message when we're going to deliver your order you can go to our website donkersonline.com or the delfbistroonline.com
2: Lawns and gardens grow better on topsoil than on rocks. Ishpeming Concrete is now open for you to get your planting season started. Get a half yard of topsoil gently loaded into your pickup truck for just 18 bucks. That's a whole lot less than the 25 bags you'd need from the home store. Sweeten up your plantings and fix your lawn from the ravages of winter. Topsoil, the softer side of Ishpeming Concrete. 400 Stone Street behind Robbins Flooring. Open weekdays 8 till 4.30. Locally owned with a total commitment to quality there's no contact paying with a credit card and you don't need to leave your vehicle now open saturdays seven to noon now back to the sports pad here's tanner
0: afternoon. Here's your sports center update. Minnesota Timber uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are partnering with the Mayo Clinic to lead a nationwide study exploring coronavirus antibodies. The University of Iowa volleyball team is on a 1-year probation period. They must pay a $5,000 fine and vacate 33 wins from the past 2 years because former coach Bond Szymanski helped a player pay her rent in 2017. And finally, Michael Bay will be directing a pandemic movie the first filmed in Los Angeles amidst the coronavirus. I oh. cannot wait to <laughs> see how that turns out. Not even just to see the movie, but see how Michael Bay will <laughs> make a pandemic. A lot of CGI. There is going to be, you know, because Michael Bay is known for his excessive violence, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, he's never afla- afraid to put... Um, To make a a film bloody, let's say that. And we haven't had a pandemic movie that's really been box office since, like, Contagion, I don't think. That was about nine years ago now.
1: Yeah, I made a a big mistake when this whole coronavirus pandemic began. Netflix just instantly threw up all those, like, you know, Outbreak, Contagion <laughs> yes, movies, I, I watched. And I was like, you know what, what better time to watch these than right now, so I, I binge-watched all of them in a day, and, and got myself all paranoid, and big things mistake. like that, so, big mistake, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're gonna do it, why not do it now, people are gonna watch it. Um, I, you know, people can relate. I know it's going to be kind of out there and a little over the top. You, you kind of know what you're getting when Michael Bay is directing films. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has a certain style. So um, I'm going to going to watch it. I'm not going to lie.
0: I tell you what, um, I've I, I watched the trailer for Contagion when this all started, Jake. When it was going on, I, I saw the trailer for Contagion. It is shockingly similar. Like the parallels, even from just the three-minute trailer, what we're experiencing right now, it's just – yeah, don't make that mistake, or at least you can if you want. We, Jake and I won't recommend it, that you go out and watch a bunch of pandemic movies. But uh, Michael Bay's hopefully will come out when we're past this, and we can, I don't know, I don't, yeah, you don't really watch it fondly. I don't know that any of us ever will, but um, it might be It might be interesting. It might be worth exploring. But I tell you what, what uh, I wanted to get to in this segment is the fact that June 15th is going to be a monumental day for high school sports. First of all, Jake, it was announced yesterday in my home state of Iowa that Governor Kim Reynolds gave baseball and softball the green light to have a season for uh, for this summer. And Iowa, again, is unique. They're the only state in the nation that plays baseball and softball in the summer. Opening day is usually the last week of school, and then they finish up with the state tournament like the last week of July or into August even. Um, So they're unique in that sense. So summer sports, that's what everyone's been talking about. I see a lot of my friends on Facebook wondering, are we going to have a high school baseball and softball season? Yesterday, the governor gave them the green light, and we talked about it on the show, and then after I got off air, I saw that the uh, governing bodies of high school sports in Iowa are going to, in fact, put on a season. So June 1st, practices and activities in person with the schools can resume, and June 15th, will be opening day for baseball and softball at the high school level in the state of Iowa. And uh, you know that's not the only reason why June 15th is a major turning point for high school sports. But you know what, Jake? I'm, I, I can't tell you enough that I am nervous for this. I really am. You know, I, I hope everything goes well in Iowa, especially in the sense that their numbers are still going up. A lot of places have peaked and they're on the decline. Iowa's numbers continue to rise. Uh, So I hope that everybody stays safe and they have the right restrictions and guidelines. They work with the government. But I I also have hope, I don't know if optimism is the right word, but hope that maybe seeing what Iowa can do and if they can make this work, maybe it's a roadmap for high school sports to get back in the country, you know, everywhere. Because uh, Iowa high school baseball could be... The only major league come June 15th, they could be, though it's not even a major league, they could be the only league playing baseball in America. Not major league baseball, the NBA might not be back by then, hockey might not be back by then. All eyes would be on Iowa high school baseball, not just for entertainment, but maybe for a, a roadmap, hoping to find some way back to normalcy.
1: Right, yeah, and. Um... You know, I before you you just explained. I didn't really know what the numbers in Iowa were, were like, and, and obviously, you just saying that the numbers are still on the rise. That's definitely a cause for concern. And and I do understand, you know, with the economies and things happening like that, businesses need to be opening and things like that. And similar with sports, I do understand that. Um, you know, you want to get back to normal life as much, you know, as fast as you can. But as long as you do it safe. For me, it's all about safety. Um. You know, I, I don't think sports is as important as getting businesses opening because I know business owners are – they need to open to, to, to save their businesses, some of them. And, and um, you know, a lot of people have worked really hard to get, um, you know, their businesses to where they're at, and they don't want to, to lose those during during this time. So um, it's similar to that. You know, I'm, I'm for opening up certain things as long as it's done safely so similar with with the baseball thing although i don't think it is as important as maybe opening up businesses and opening up the economy um at some point someone's gonna have to take the lead and 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 try to see you know, see what will happen. And, and, um, if, if you can't do it in Iowa, then you can't really do it anywhere else because Iowa does have a lot of open space. So if you go out there and then you're making sure the kids are all healthy and, um, you're still adhering to social distancing. You are outside can kind of sit away from each other. If you want to go watch the games and things like that, um, as long as you're being safe, I'm for it. Um, and yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see the spotlight. will be on them to see what, uh, you know, what happens, um, if, if, if that's going to kind of be a facilitator for the spread of the virus, I hope that's not the case. Um, I was more kind of under the impression we wouldn't see sports anywhere until the fall because, um, it, yeah, it would. It's, it's terrible that kids will, will miss out on a, a summer sports. But um, I just don't feel like it's, it's, it's necessarily needed 100% um but i mean if you can do it like i said if you can do it safely and and people aren't gathering in big crowds to watch in, in the stands and things like that maybe you have people standing around the fence socially distant and things like that i'm i'm 100 percent for it and and as long as the kids are healthy and, and and things like that i know people are are being very safe about that um you know why not go out and and let the kids get exercise and and, and give it a go yeah. um Uh, That's kind of how I feel about
0: it. Well, and I tell you what, the governor there has been very big on testing. She has since the get-go. She's worked with Washington to acquire tests. And uh, she announced earlier this morning that anybody who wants to be tested in the state of Iowa can do so, that they have enough tests that they can test anybody in the state of Iowa who would like A test and I know the numbers are still going up there I don't know for sure if that's because the virus is spreading there or if it's the fact that they are getting more tests and that's why the numbers are going up but Mm. they they are going about it in a way that uh, they are getting tests out there and testing is you know I was actually one of the states that's done a lot more testing than probably some others and uh, I I hope that's the reason why that they're just more tests being conducted not that the virus is spreading there Uh, I hope that's the reason why I was numbers are going up but as long as they have the test and they can isolate somebody uh, if need be then there's reason to, to hope or at least maybe be optimistic no matter how small it is that they can get through this endeavor safely but that's one reason Jake because opening day is June 15th that's one reason why June 15th is a monumental day for high school sports another reason and this pertains to our listeners up here in Michigan, is because the MHSAA is rumored to be announcing their plans for the fall uh, sports seasons coming up, and they will do so on June 15th from what it sounds like. Now, the uh, governing body of high school sports in America, the NFHS, I believe that's National Federation of High Schools, something like that, they are, you know, they they came out and they said that football, it's... Uh, almost impossible to see that there will be high school football in this country this fall that's from the nfhs and i talked with a high school coach in the area earlier today and uh he's not optimistic that there's going to be a season either and i i don't know i just that as much as i'd love to see football come back you know i get it it's about safety and that's why i'm hoping things go well in Iowa. they kind of give us a road map but the mhsaa it, sounds like is going to make a decision on june 15th they're going to announce uh what the plan is going forward for this fall and honestly one of the rumors jake is flipping spring and fall sports so we could potentially have spring football spring football season in michigan next year
1: yeah and that's that's very interesting i mean every sport is different Um, When you talk about things like baseball, there's not as much, you know, physical contact, you know, uh, with with football. It's a it's a lot of, you know, you're tackling people. You guys are in the trenches, you know, every every single play grabbing each other and there's just more opportunity for the spread of a disease or the spread of bacteria or a virus. So, you know, football is one of those sports where it, it's a lot of, you know, physical contact. And, and so it, it kind of does make sense the way you're explaining it. Um, you know, and maybe if they, you know, you're talking about the spring sports, you're talking about softball and things like that. And, um, you know, maybe some tennis or something like that. So those are all sports that there's less people involved and, you um, there's not as much physical content, so those are sports that you know there's there's just less opportunity for spread, so it does make sense and and um, hey, I would be okay as someone who covers sports in high school, obviously uh, you know in, in here in the U p and then I cover high school sports, I cover all sports, but um, i would I would hate to not have sports throughout the fall. so if they could come up with a plan you know like you said, to flip the sports seasons if, as long as we have something um, for me I, I mean that would be great, but ultimately it comes down to just the safety of the players of the people who are going to be going to the games if they even allow you know what are are they going to even allow fans to go to these games you know will it be on say somebody like me who goes with cameras to to to, to you know report these games for people um who knows i don't really know how it's going to work but um um yeah it's going to be interesting to see obviously my fingers are crossed and um i'm going to be tuned in uh in june
0: i tell you what that all coming up and uh we're going to learn a lot about what's going to happen in this country regarding sports at every level here come June. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, Vegas odds makers have been doing their due diligence, and they have put together a playoff bracket for us. We're going to break it down from an NFL aspect next on ESPN UP. Remember health insurance reform in 2013? There were new choices, some good, some not, and lots of confusion. VAST was there to help customers through the process and make sure they were protected. Well, here we go again with auto insurance reform. VAST is ready to help you choose the best protection for you, your family, and your future. There's no one size fits all here. Let VAST help you navigate the options and understand the big picture of your coverage.
2: Now, back to the Sports Pen. Here's Tanner Hoops.
0: Yeah, our website, ESPNUP.com, or get our free mobile app from the Apple I Store or Google Play. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant here, and I'm glad to have you along as always. I'm sure Jake is too. And I tell you what, Jake, Vegas has not been uh, – They've not been, you know, kept from doing their work in the sense that the odds makers have put out projected uh, numbers for who's going to have the most wins in the NFL season this year, and with that we're able to project a playoff bracket. So taking the number of wins into account, or the numbers uh, from what Vegas is giving us, and you go through that, and you see who's where, and uh, you know who wins each division according to them, who has the best odds to do so we were able to put together a playoff bracket. So i got my trusty whiteboard here. I love writing on my whiteboard. And I have what Vegas predicts the NFL playoff bracket for this coming season is going to look like. And, uh, again, we're going to have 14 teams instead of 12 in the playoffs this year. So it makes it all that much more important to get that first-round buy as the number one overall seed. And let's start in the AFC, Jake. The projected number one seed the Baltimore Ravens. Vegas has the Ravens for the second straight year winning the AFC regular season title. And then here are the first-round matchups. You would have the 4-5 matchup. You would have New England hosting Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh projected to get back to the postseason this year in New England. Yeah, Jared Stidham is going to lead them to the four seed in the AFC championship. According to Vegas, the winner of that game would take on Baltimore. In the 3-6 matchup, you would have the AFC South champion. The Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are projected, according to Vegas, to win that division. They would take on a wild-card team, the Buffalo Bills. And then in the final first-round matchup, the 2-7 matchup, you would have the West champion, Kansas City Chiefs, against the final wild-card team, the Tennessee Titans. First of all, does anyone surprise you as being part of that group, Jake, before we preview the matchups? anybody surprise you that Vegas thinks this is going to be the team that's going to be in there?
1: I mean, I think, you know, just the glaring team is the New England Patriots. I mean, we I, – I know they have Bill Belichick and things like that and, and the organization and the, and the process is still there in place. But Jarrett Stidham, like I'm not sold on Jarrett Stidham. You know, I'm not really sure what they're trying to do. I was i was under the impression that they might be tanking to try to get, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But to have them, you know, not only into the playoffs but up to a four seed, as division I, just I just don't – I just don't – yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. You, I don't, have like,
0: be, you don't have to be sold on Stidham. you got to be sold on Belichick.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and um, I just think with Tom Brady not there, and, and it's just going to be so different, I, I think they're they're due for a couple steps back. I actually like Buffalo in that division. I think Buffalo should be put in place and maybe swip, swipe those two teams out. I tell you
0: what, I think the team that surprises me the most is the fact that the Colts are not only in the playoffs with Philip Rivers at quarterback, but South champions, and Houston misses the playoff field, and I get it, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but you can always kind of count on them to win double-digit games, it feels like. Yeah,
1: um... You know, with Bill O'Brien there in Houston, I just do not trust anything that he does. No. You know, he's just so erratic with his decision-making and things like that. And, and um, you know, maybe they do come out and, and surprise some people. Deshaun Watson is is obviously a rising star in the league, and he can make things happen. But do you have enough around him? You know, the receivers aren't great. They, they have a, a bunch of just okay receivers and things like that. Um, obviously, still got, like, J.J. Watt and company there, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sold. I do like the Colts, though. I think they they are doing a really good job bringing in Philip Rivers. Um, you know, you can go and draft Jonathan Taylor, you get a Michael Pippen Jr. to help him out. Uh, T. Y. Hilton. I just read an article. He's ready to to prove that he's still, you know, the T. Y. Hilton we know. You know, that big time playmaker. And as long as Philip Rivers doesn't do what he does best and turn the ball over, I like that defense. Um, you know, I could I could see the Colts making some noise. They're a dark horse team, and and now you got that veteran presence at quarterback and. Um, you know, probably maybe a, a more rejuvenized Phillip Rivers in a new situation. So, um, you know, I can, I can kind of see where they're coming from, but, but, but you never know. You just never know. Which of these first-round
0: matchups, and it's a two-part question, Jake, which is the most interesting and which will provide the best chance for a home team to lose? Would you take a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, Tennessee at Kansas City, Buffalo at Indianapolis, or Pittsburgh at New England?
1: Like, I mean, I'm going to go Pittsburgh at New England. I like Pittsburgh. You got Big Ben coming back. I know he's ready to rock. Um, I do like what Pittsburgh did in the draft. That defense is always really good. Um, Like I said, I don't trust New England. I do like Buffalo. I do like the Buffalo Bills. I think they're they're primed and ready. They added to, you know, a roster that was pretty solid. They got Stephon Diggs over there. I think they added some good depth. Uh, Their defense is always strong. Josh Allen's going to be another year older, another year wiser. Um, I, I kind of like what Buffalo is doing, so um, I'm going to go Pittsburgh over New England. That's kind of the easy one because it's the four or five seed. But but then I'll I'll go Buffalo uh, beating Indianapolis.
0: Do you have any problem with Baltimore being the one seed, or do you agree with Vegas?
1: Yeah, you know, I I do like it. You know, you can put Kansas City in there too, but um uh, Baltimore's just man with Lamar Jackson. Uh, they're able to get, like, J.K. Dobbins. That defense is always just super nasty with uh, Earl Thomas. Uh, you know, Marcus Peters came over, did a really fine job. I like what they did in the draft. They're going to be a running team. Um, you know, they, they got decent receivers, decent weapons to help Lamar. And that system just, you know, is catered around Lamar Jackson. And, and as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, that team is super, super scary. So um, I don't really have a problem with Baltimore. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the again these odds came out from
0: vegas earlier this week uh last thing on the afc jake before we move to the national football conference is there any surprise omission any team that is not in vegas's projected playoff field that you think
1: eh, they might be overlooking a little bit you know it's it's tough i i you know you can look in the afc the afc west and I'm really high on what Denver is doing. Uh, you know, adding all those weapons or, you know, LA chargers. Um, another team that is going to be, I know, I know they have a rookie quarterback and things, but you're talking about a very scary, scary defense. Um, you know, that offense, they got weapons on the outside. They got the running back. Um, Denver just added a, a bunch of weapons. Again, you know, you're going to be relying on Drew Locke. Is he the real deal or not? Um, there's a few teams that I might might be able to sneak in and surprise some people. You know, I, I would if Denver and, and New England played, I would, I'd I probably think Denver would, would have the edge right now. I, I think the Chargers would have the edge. Um, just off the top of my head, I think they did a pretty good job. You know, obviously Tennessee was a team that was a surprise last year, so they, they should be, be still pretty solid. Um I don't know, just off the top of my head. I think I think they did a pretty good job. Um, could we see Cleveland maybe become that team that we all thought they were going to be last year? Potentially, we could see that if Baker takes that jump, and and I like their roster on paper. So, um, uh, yeah, I think they, I mean I think they did pretty good.
0: Let's move over to the NFC, and again, these are the win totals that Vegas has put out collectively, the odds makers out there, and we're able to predict a playoff bracket for it. The number one seed is san francisco do you like san fran repeating it or yeah they were the number one seed last year do, do you like them repeating as the number one seed
1: i do i do i think their division is is uh vastly underrated and i think they're gonna have trouble um throughout the season playing the likes of of seattle playing the likes of um even arizona i think kyler murray's uh, poised to have a, a breakout year and i kind of like them what they're doing to surround him with some talent um, and then you got the Rams. You can never count out Sean McVay. Um, you know, you could you could argue the Saints. You know, they're always good with Drew Brees and company. You could argue maybe a team like Tampa. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say Green Bay. People are going to will be irate. <laughs> I know Green Bay got smacked twice, so we'll leave Green Bay out of the, the fold. Uh, I don't really, I, you know, San Francisco is one of those teams, man. They get they just they're from from top to bottom. That roster is just so strong, and that defense is is so scary. I mean. I don't have a problem with them being number one.
0: Let's unveil the full NFC playoff bracket as predicted by the Vegas Oddsmakers. The number two overall seed and NFC South champions, the New Orleans Saints, they would take on the seven seed, a wild card in Seattle. The number three seed is the NFC East champion, the Dallas Cowboys. They would take on divisional rival Philadelphia in the wild card round. And then the four seed, the NFC North champion, Straighten this out for Jake the Green Bay Packers. They would take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Lambeau Field. Could you imagine that Rodgers playoff football at Lambeau?
1: Oh, man, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Thank you. Um, those are all I mean, I, I really have nothing nothing against any of that. Uh, I guess, you know, starting with with the Saints, they they don't really lose a whole lot. That roster doesn't have many holes. They got Drew Brees, as long as he can come back and, and still be and play at a high level and be elite. You know, they got everything in place there. Um, Dallas, again, on paper, very, very talented team. Um, I think the addition of Mike McCarthy and getting rid of Jason Garrett is definitely going to be the difference maker. We're going to see a completely new um, Dallas team. They got to figure out what this whole Dak things drama is all about, and and that keeps dragging on. And you know, Dak's asking for absurd amount of money. Um, you know, we're gonna have to see that. If, if they they have Andy Dalton, I think Philly it's Philly's in the driver's seat for that division. Um, but if Dak comes back, I could definitely see you know Dallas winning that. That'd be great to see them and Philly winning uh, or playing in the playoffs. Um, I do like Green Bay. You know, Minnesota's a strong team. They're a strong team, but you got to realize they lost basically their whole secondary. And um, just because they take, they took some DBs high in the draft doesn't mean they're going to they're gonna pan out and be shut down guys in the NFL. You know, that's the hardest position to transition from college to the pro. So, um, you know, I know they got the get defense, but there's just so many questions there. Um, Detroit's a, a dark horse team. Don't, don't count on Detroit when Matt Stack healthy out last year. That team, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, Green Bay shouldn't be that team twice. Green Bay should have lost both of those games against Detroit last year. Uh, and that's a team, if they can just stay healthy and put it together, that's another team that can make some noise just in that NFC North division. Um, but Green Bay, Tampa, that'd be that'd be epic. I think Tampa's going to be – I think they're going to start off slow and they need a, a, a few weeks to kind of get, get their – you know, rhythm and things like that. But anytime you add Tom Brady and a vet, that just raises the level of everybody. So that's that's a good game. I really don't have any problems. I think that would be. I mean, I would be definitely pumped for those matchups in in the playoffs.
0: I tell you what, they will meet in the regular season. rogers and Brady. Their teams will match up in Tampa during the regular season. And Vegas is predicting they will meet again. At Lambeau in January for the playoffs—is that the most intriguing matchup? I mean, I, I have a, a feeling what you're going to say, but to you, is that the most intriguing matchup? I mean,
1: personally, yes, obviously, with me being a Packers fan. But I mean, Dallas Philly—that would be a great, a great matchup too. I think, um, you know, just an interconference, you know, battle. I think that would be great. Um, I mean, probably between those two, just because of. of you know, obviously you got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers racing off or you got two heated rivals going at it as well. So maybe those two. Yeah, don't sleep on that
0: Seattle New Orleans game. That could produce some fireworks.
1: Yeah, Seattle's always strong. I, I you know, it, it's tough because I always think Seattle's you know, in you know, prime for a down year. It's because their roster doesn't look very great. Um, but they always seem to find ways to win, and they win ugly, and and, uh, Russell Wilson is a proven winner and a proven leader. So, um, yeah, that would be kind of a a good chess match there between Pete Carroll and and Sean Payton. So, yeah, that would would be a good one too. There's a lot of parity in the NFC.
0: If this bracket is true, I could see any of these road teams going on and winning, but, Jake, in your mind, who is the most vulnerable home team if this is indeed the playoff bracket? Would it be Seattle at New Orleans, Philly at Dallas, or Tampa at Green Bay?
1: Man, um, I hate to say it, but ah, oh, it's gonna be tough. um I don't I'd think there's a wrong answer it. here, yeah, I mean, I could see Green Bay losing to a Tampa team with Tom Brady and company and and you know that that Tampa defense is is young, they're athletic, um they're gonna be facing Tom Brady in that offense and practice every day and and that's only going to make them better. Uh, so gotta, could I see Tampa going up and beating Green Bay? I could. Um, unfortunately for Tampa, they're a warm weather team up into in Lambeau Field in the winter, so that might not bode well. Um, I could see I could see Seattle going into New Orleans. New Orleans showing that they they do sometimes. Um, and you know, seems like there's something with them. They always look like they they finally have it together and then they trip up. So I could see Seattle going in there. And beating uh beating new orleans
0: i tell you what if that is indeed the playoff bracket that is some good some good january football and that brings us up to the end of the hour jake i always appreciate you being on how is everything going over at local three you're working on anything special
1: you know i'm just i'm just trying to get get through it man um we've been doing these senior spotlights and then Coaches and athletic directors have been really good at sending in their information for their seniors. I've been able to talk and do a lot of things with uh, Michigan Tech. Um, as I talked to Tanner Caro recently and, and did a, did an interview with him. He's back in Hancock training. Um, the AHL season obviously got canceled uh, not too long ago, so he's kind of just in limbo training at his house. Um, you uh, know, we have that interview at, uh, upmatters.com. If you want to go check that out, talk with Joe Sean recently, he's super pumped about the 2020 Huskies. Um, you know, we're just kind of just taking it day by day, um, and just trying to get through it and, and, uh, you know, obviously we're keeping up with all the major national sports and the way they're phasing into, to, uh, you know, off-season things and things like that. So um, if you tune in, 6 and 11, Monday through Friday, you'll get a little bit of everything.
0: Well, oh, perfect. Looking forward to seeing what you crank out over there. That's it for us here at ESPN-UP. I'm back on tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central, and it's my hope that you join me. Until then, for Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming, Marquette.